0: So, this is from the book of Thecla, which was taken out of the Bible. It says, She threw herself into the water and said, In your name, O my Lord Jesus Christ, I am this last day baptized. Upon seeing this, the women and the people cried out and said, Do not throw yourself into the water. Nonwithstanding this, Thecla threw herself into the water in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The governor himself cried out to think that sea calves were likely to devour so much beauty but when the sea calves saw the lightning and fire they were killed and floated dead on the surface of the water and a cloud of fire surrounded thecla so the beasts could not come near her and the people could not see her nakedness yet they turned other wild beasts upon her at which the women made a mournful outcry some of them scattered Spike others cassia, others amomos, others ointment, so that the quantity of ointment was large in proportion to the number of people. And upon this, all the beasts lay as though they had been fast asleep and did not touch Thecla. So cool. she was tried to. <laughs> they tried to kill her really hard, but they just couldn't.
1: Welcome to I Need God Pod. I'm God Lover Kyle, and I'm here today with a special guest, author, L.A. Warman, author and principal. <laughs> I'm just going to read about you in front Ooh. of you. This is from what your pulled new this, from? <laughs> that pulled okay. this from your new book <laughs> yeah. website. So it seems like probably the newest blurb yeah, about newest you. Blurb. <laughs> cool. L.A. Warman is a poet, performer and teacher, based in New York City. She's the author of Horror Foods, which is an award-winning book, an erotic novella, and founder of the Warman School, which I took a class in recently. I'm an alumni, Yay. but anyone could be an alumni because it's a very interesting kind of school. <laughs> Definitely, I would say one of the one of a kind schools. Where she's the principal, the teacher, and classes include things like depression, death, erotics, God, kind of those topics that are hard to, to talk about, I guess, things that kind of escape understanding. I'm happy to just be speaking with you today, and each episode I kind of want to like just give different perspectives of people's faith experiences growing up, how it affects them, and showing that there's like all these different ways that God operates in our lives, I guess, that are meaningful, whether or not you believe in God is like whatever you believe God to be, it's still so powerful Mm -hmm. um so i guess growing up were your parents super religious were they together
0: yeah my parents are together they wouldn't separate because it is god makes you have like one husband one wife for (laughs) life right so i don't think they would ever separate my mom actually promised that to me on multiple occasions that she would never get divorced But I think that's a bit unfortunate. But Mm -hmm. my parents are still together. They're extremely religious. And I think they're also dealing with changes because they are evangelical. So they're dealing with changes in the evangelical church. And the polarization, is that the word, of the evangelical church, I think has been complicated for them. And their, like, current experiences. So I feel like they're recalibrating a little bit, but still definitely... I think abortion happens to still be a main issue for them Mm. and, like, the way they would vote politically. Yeah.
1: So they were always like that. For sure. Yeah, and they still are kind of to this day. But post-Trump now, there's a little bit of a... For evangelicals, I'm guessing, kind of, like grappling with identity a little bit of their evangelical identity
0: yeah Trump changed a lot of evangelical faith and like the because the evangelical vote has been something that's been like harnessed and Mm -hmm. it has become more influential over time which was like strategy but Mm -hmm. so I think Trump is complicated for a lot of evangelicals because it was very clear that he has not read the bible
1: And
0: (laughs) he cannot pronounce, like, books of the Bible accurately And so a lot of people struggled with that and him being elected Mm -hmm. But not that many I would probably say it's, like, still People who critique Trump are probably in the fringe Because I think evangelical faith in general is about Mm
1: -hmm. not
0: reading the Bible and, like, making money those sure. are the key. That seems to be the faith for me, I feel like, is all about
1: it's success more... financially. Yeah, definitely. Um, what? Where did you grow up? Like, what state?
0: I grew up in Washington State, like oh. in rural Washington State. I was homeschooled, and my right. siblings, we were all homeschooled together. So it was just us four and my parents, because my dad worked at home and my mom didn't work. She homeschooled us. hmm so we were always together all the time mm. and I had a very evangelical education. Yeah. I didn't learn a lot of things.
1: Yeah, like my roommate I think was raised evangelical and the same thing they homeschooled like four kids and the mom did it kind mm-hmm. of. Um and I guess that's kind of might be kind of common because I'm thinking about like now it's I was watching some Fox News clip and it's like kind of mainstream to be like you, maybe you shouldn't put your kids in public schools anymore. They're just kind of like Democrat breeding grounds mm-hmm. for like a secular liberal agenda that's really going to like ruin your whole kid's life. Mm-hmm. If they go through that, they're going to really like be messed up. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and like people With school shootings even, it's even more yeah. of a reason to like bring your kids only closer to your little family unit. Like reminds me of Mormonism even where it's yeah. like our family is a representation of God's mm-hmm. family or something
0: and a lot of fear-based love fear based behavior homeschooling in itself is a weird thing especially like in the United States cuz it's not in many countries, like especially in Europe, it's not legal to homeschool. Oh, it's like outlawed.
1: Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I honestly, I think that should be true in the U.S. I'm not like pro school. Obviously, school has a lot of problems too. Right, but, um, but you homeschooling can make your own is really bad. Yeah, why
1: not? If you're, I mean, if you're an evangelical person who wants to homeschool their kids and say homeschooling is outlawed, I don't see how it would be out of the realm of possibility to create like an evangelical-esque mm-hmm. school, community school.
0: And there are a lot of schools at evangelical churches, like mm-hmm. private schools, mm-hmm. just in the same way there's a lot of Catholic schools.
1: Yeah. There's like evangelicals have been able to like create institutions mm-hmm. and foundations and companies and really like use the law, I feel like, to to create like, yeah, like lasting institutions beyond just churches, mm-hmm. I guess. But, so you were homeschooled all the way through high school. Did you graduate high school early? I went to
0: high school. Oh, you went to high yeah. school. Yeah. So I went, at first I went to this school that was like an evangelical charter school. Uh-huh. Um, that was basically a school that, for people who wanted to transition from homeschooling into public school. So mm. we didn't meet every day, mm. And it was all like homeschoolers. Mm-hmm. But I went there my freshman year, and then I went to a public high school after that.
1: Nice.
0: And, But <laughs> I feel like public school is almost an exaggeration because it was a teeny tiny school with like 200 people. And I feel like almost everyone there was evangelical.
1: Okay. So, so like the town you grew up in was very... Yeah. Was it, I wonder when it was founded, like what year?
0: That's a good question.
1: Yeah. And evangelicals maybe must have moved there. from. Yeah, it's definitely like, evangelical like enclave. westward moving. Kind of like religious freedom folk maybe.
0: Yeah. And the town itself is called Battleground. Okay. So it's quite dramatic. <laughs> yeah, that's very
1: dramatic. Yeah. Like battle. Was there a battle there? Or it is was, it about the battle of our souls? It was
0: actually... The name comes from the killing of indigenous people. Okay. Right there.
1: Yeah. I yeah. come from a place similarly where my high school the mat where we were called the warriors Mm -hmm. and up until like 1990 something the mascot was like a native person in a headdress Mm -hmm. and it's because like the wyoming valley had this battle of wyoming which Mm -hmm. um is actually why the state wyoming is named wyoming even really and it was like happened on july 3rd uh, like the day before the 4th of july and so there's like a lot of like that kind of history where i'm from i guess Mm -hmm. anyway it's very American to be evangelical, I guess. Yeah, um, it's like a specific American type of Christianity mm-hmm. that grew from the 19th century or earlier onward. To be evangelical in my in my mind, like my experience with evangelicalism growing up was really interesting because I grew up Catholic, and so I went to like my friend's evangelical, like the Rock Church, one mm-hmm. time, and it was like so frightened about like how the service was um and then after the service we were like brought to this like teen bible study thing where like her aunt led it and like tried to like teach us the bible and like tell us what it meant and stuff and I remember just like it really expanding my mind about like what religion was I just thought like evangelicalism is about like literally interpreting the bible or something or it's really bible based in a way where it's like the word of god is the bible in a very literal yes. way that i didn't experience everything is
0: really literal
1: yeah and i guess is that really the crux of it or yes. what else <laughs> That's distinguishes the interpretation.
0: it um <laughs> it's distinguished well like,
1: well a lot of things a lot of things like yes. the race yeah the whiteness
0: yes but i think that is true in many churches um yeah. Yeah, but it was established. I think technically it was established. Well, because there was the Protestant schism from the Catholic Church with Martin Luther. Right,
1: we could go back there. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's kind
0: of where everything begins. And And then they came. It was the founding of the the U.S. Yeah. Because there was that whole idea of religious freedom.
1: Yeah. And honestly, I was kind of confused. Like, there's kind of contradictions in evangelicalism because you're thinking, like, I was thinking, like, okay, like, the separation of church and state and religious freedom is kind of, like, the reason, one of the reasons we needed, they needed a new world or something. But then at the same time, it seems like evangelicals are insistent that, like, the founding of America is a Christian nation that Mm -hmm. we must preserve. Like you were saying, like, throughout the 20th century as they got a foothold in politics it seems like they're very much active in the, in the political system wanting it to be influenced by yeah evangelical beliefs yes
0: and it's <laughs> kind of ironic too because the first evangelical president was jimmy carter and every i feel like most evangelicals hate him now
1: what as like he seems like absolute failure <laughs> was he a democrat i wonder i don't know
0: that's a good question. I believe he was, but
1: in my mind, he is. I don't. Yeah. I don't know U- U.S. history is that well. I have either. to keep. I, I wish I could take. I was thinking this yesterday. Like, <laughs> I wish there was just a way to take classes on like single subject things as an adult. Like, I would love to take high school history again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a rudimentary, or like, oh, New York City history. Why isn't that a class I could just go to once a week? I don't know.
0: You should teach yourself.
1: I know. I do. I do. I, I feel like this podcast is a really good for me, like to start like me. I read a book. Okay. I Mm -hmm. read a book for this guys (laughs) called white evangelical (laughs) racism, which LA recommended on her Twitter. But like, I did go to college and graduate school and studied like religion kind of, or I went for performance studies and I focused on like secular culture as religious practice mm-hmm. and i did like my thesis on one direction fandom mm-hmm. and i read books about like jerry falwell and ev- and like televangelism because yeah. of it i tried to reread reread this book called the book of jerry falwell mm-hmm. it's kind of about the same stuff as this yes. and it's written by this woman called like susan brown harding and it's really good in one sense and i think it was written in like 2008 or something like before Trump, mm-hmm. and it doesn't talk about race at all, mm-hmm. which I found shocking after reading White Evangelical Racism. Yes,
0: because it's a whole it's- church founded on racism. Yeah, literally right. connected to slavery.
1: Yeah, like this was very corrective to my reading of the other book. Mm-hmm. But her book isn't bad because what she does is she like joins evangelical churches and lets the language of those churches kind of like inhabit her body to an extent while keeping trying to keep it at a distance at the same time. And so she talks a lot about like the performative language mm-hmm. and how like the language of evangelicalism performs this certain turn in the listener's identity and that just simply by listening to orators of evangelicalism you can be turned in different directions mm-hmm. and see See, start seeing things from inside evangelicalism very like through the through the performative language essentially mm-hmm. which I thought is like really cool and I'm really interested in like performativity yes. in this, and how language works on us and in us and through us and stuff and but it, it didn't really mention racism that much which it's very clear after reading white evangelical racism that like it comes from this white kind of, American slaveholding tradition; it kind of makes a religion out of that mm-hmm. in the wake of the Civil War yes. and laws changing that kind of upended what they were taking for granted about their lives mm-hmm. and like centers their whiteness and their power uh, through a, through through Christianity and Jesus. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Um, and, like, it's led up to Trump.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you have, like, also Walmart is, like, a very big evangelical organization.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: because I think it started in the 20th century with focus on, like, capitalism and business. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of turned to be political.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. I really don't think evangelicals cared that much about politics until there was a actual, like, campaign from people in power to make them care and to make it like a political group because it really and i feel like that cemented a lot around bush jr's presidency that's like when evangelicals became completely associated with the republican party
1: sure and with and with racism and like islamophobia yes
0: absolutely yeah
1: it really ramped up mm-hmm but even as far back as to like the 1960s where like law, like they were trying to pass laws for equal rights just mm-hmm. being like you can't discriminate on the basis of race to, at your university anymore yeah. they felt like their freedoms were being taken away and they had to start like becoming politically active yes. to defend their way mm-hmm. uh, it, yeah with Christianity and capitalism it's like in America the Protestantism the Protestant work ethic yes really just like they fold right into each other neatly i guess yeah they're
0: best friends and i think evangelical faith it definitely relies on a ton of misinterpretation of the bible as you've mentioned earlier like the literalism is a problem and what verses they choose to focus on are bizarre Mm. especially the argument against gay people is totally absurd um, Absolutely. And I don't even really find it to be biblical. It's not <laughs> at all. No,
1: it's not. I, there's this account or this this TikTok account, which I think is like a based off a movie called like 1946. I forget what year it is, but it's the year the Bible was translated to explicitly yes. say homosexuality, yeah. and it's what people point to when they want to like make cases against it. Mm-hmm. So, like, growing up, you were told, like, gay is bad because of God yeah. and stuff, like, very young.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And also, the main thing that we're told is that gay people do not exist because it is a choice that they're making. And it's, like, a choice that is encouraged by the devil. Mm. So, <laughs> gay people actually are not real.
1: It just doesn't. Ex- it doesn't exist if you don't let it mm-hmm. exist. Just do what's right. Yeah. So the devil was present in your childhood or oh, a figure. Yeah. And what was the devil? Was there like things that would be pointed out that would be like the devil other than being gay or like devilish forces? Oh my god, like
0: everything is the devil I feel because <laughs> it was when I was growing up cuz I was born in 89, so a lot of my childhood was the 90s and that was almost like so the book series Left Behind was really popular, Heard which is like, very rapture-centric. Yeah, And the rapture has, like, a lot to do with the devil, so. Oh. And I think the evangelical church at that time was really into fear-based conversion tactics. So there were, like, people would recreate hell. Like, like hell
1: houses. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> like around Halloween or something, you could go to a sort of hell simulation mm-hmm. and experience what it would be like.
1: But you wouldn't dress up for Halloween? No. No?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's illegal. (laughs) The evangelical church. You would just go to church on Halloween.
1: Halloween is, like, honestly demonic. It's celebrating all these, like, figures in popular culture that have no basis in the Bible. Yes. And that are created to, you know, Mm -hmm. lead children astray from God, essentially. and are of the devil like hollywood and that whole machine is satanic obviously in some sense truly yes so it's interesting like i'm i kind of interested in the evangelical perspective because part of me is like wow how nice would it be to live in something so cohesive and like the the world is so like one thing
0: yeah it's really nice it's really comforting and you know exactly Because when I was evangelical, I knew exactly who I was and, like, what my future would be Mm -hmm. and, like, my morality, what was right and what was wrong. All of that was really clear. And what I should do was really clear. I could just follow. I could just, like, repeat what everyone else is doing. Yeah. Like, even in a church service, people all kind of repeat each other. Like, evangelicals love raising their hands in the air, like, when they're singing that's quite popular so you just repeat and then everyone thinks that you are godly Mm. so it was quite easy life I honestly there are parts of it I've experienced loss around Mm. leaving the faith Mm -hmm. many parts but I do (laughs) I do not think I will be ever as happy as I was (laughs) when I was like an evangelical (laughs) child because now the world is like so much more complicated not to mention being gay it's like It's a whole other thing of life, how you figure out what is linear. Like, what are the steps that you take? Like, as a Virgo, I think I'm very into knowing the steps. So, it's like, now my life is much more open, which is amazing. Right. But can be sad.
1: Yeah, or frightening, or just unnerving. Where, if you're straight, like, my sister is straight, and Mm -hmm. she is straight and not even, like, a queer straight, you know? And she's, like, definitely just going to get married and have children and Mm -hmm. have a job and stuff. Was there, like, a definitive moment where you decided, like, I am not going to be an evangelical anymore? Or was it kind of, like, how did that happen?
0: There's a lot of things that contributed to it. Some things more normal, some things more crazy. My mom had this idea, which was actually pretty rare in the evangelical church, especially in our community. It was not seen, but she had the idea that me and my siblings should go to secular colleges to like convert people or like evangelize. Oh, <laughs> right. So I went to college at a non Christian school, and I was definitely of the community. I think I and my siblings are the only people I can recall who went to secular schools. Everyone else, if you went to college, which college itself was really rare, you would go to, like, Liberty University or Biola, like the Christian schools. Okay. The evangelical schools. Right. Um, so I went to a secular school, and I just remember on big my mis- first...
1: Mom made a big mistake there. Yeah, she, she never... <laughs> did. She fucked up. <laughs> um,
0: on my first day, I met people who weren't Christian, and that was, I had just never met people before. Yeah. And I never heard that, like, alternate reality. And I had a good friend who I met. And I just remember the first Sunday of undergrad that she was like, what are you doing today? And I said I was going to church. And she was just like, what? Like, who, who goes to church? And that's when I think a lot opened up for me where I was then like, oh, there are alternate ways of being and you can like choose to do what you want with your time rather than following like this sort of tradition yeah so that's definitely the way that helped me leave the faith but i think like as a teen i began to become disenfranchised there was so when i was growing up there was a lot of Martyrdom is like really popular in evangelical church, especially with Columbine, because that was seen as an evangelical massacre, where people were killed for being evangelical. It was really taken on in the church and really popular. And there would be books about martyrdom and like all these Christian martyrs, and that was like the ultimate goal is to be like a you martyr give your life yeah you die and I think I was definitely like suicidal because I was like gay and unhappy yeah but it was masked by like many layers of evangelical faith so I remember like when I was 15 <laughs> I had like a dream that I thought was God talking to me where he said that I was gonna be a martyr and I would like die by the age of 17 so I was like <laughs> prepared to die and I had like Organize all my things and like left behind documents about how much I love God and all this oh my stuff. God. And so I was prepared to be a martyr. And then I turned 17 and I didn't die. And I was really confused.
1: Oh, thank God. And like so Gen after that,
0: I was like, hmm.
1: It made me think. <laughs> like, <laughs> wait, my dream didn't yeah. come true. So.
0: Yeah, I was ready to die. I really had no plans.
1: I don't know. When I was a teenager, this might have to do with depression and like yeah. separate from church, but just thinking like. I hope I die before I'm 30 like so much you know what I mean like if I live that long kill me please like and if you're
0: a martyr then it's so sick especially in the evangelical faith like there was
1: so much honor
0: yeah like there was one girl was I forget her name I'll think of it maybe (laughs) later but she died at Columbine and her parents went on, like, a book tour. They were, like, on Oprah. Oh, my God. They became, like... They made a lot of money off of her death. Her name was Cassie Bernal. <laughs> <Save> but her <laughs> whole thing was that she said yes when the shooters oh my asked God. if she was a Christian. Wait, they
1: told me this in... I went to Catholic school until second grade. Mm. And maybe it was in second grade that the nun who was the teacher told us that... St- or maybe it was first grade, I think. She was like, yeah. She told us that story about, like, you know, having the gun and then say, like saying you're a Christian yeah. and then dying. Yeah. And that was the right thing to do. Yeah, You have
0: like, to be ready to do that. You have to they like, told practice me. death.
1: Yeah, they told me that. Practicing death. But it's true. We do practice death all the time, I think, in mm-hmm. different ways. And lots of things are practiced for death. Yes. Like breakups can be or anything, really. Any yeah. loss. Mm-hmm. So going to college was kind of... The first way that you kind of saw an opening out of it. for sure.
0: And that was when I began to leave the faith. And I had a long-term boyfriend who helped Mm. me a lot over, like... We were together for four years, and Mm. when we broke up, it was like, Okay, I'm gay. Mm. I'm gonna go do this. So that's, like, why we broke up. But he was really kind and helpful of leaving the faith, because it's really difficult to leave a faith, especially when you're so engrossed.
1: Yeah, like your whole world is part of it so it seems like how about your siblings do they still practice evangelicalism or my
0: sister does and yeah she's married has kids um i have two older brothers and they both one sort of left the faith one definitely left the faith so when i was in my 20s That was, like, helpful to have.
1: To see. They
0: didn't leave it in as, like, public of a way as I think I ended up. Yeah. But it was nice, technically, to have, like, support in that way. Mm Because they had similar narratives to me where they, like, went to secular universities and then left the faith over time. Cool. A lot of the evangelical faith is really interesting because, like, with the martyrdom thing there's a huge, like, victim complex where they think they really... I would argue most evangelicals believe that they're persecuted. And that... I think a lot of that originated with Columbine and was, like, really cemented by that. And then there's just a lot of seemingly fake narratives of being a victim at schools in general. Like, after Columbine, there was a whole movement that they called, like, See You at the Pole, where people at school would gather around the American flag pole oh. and pray before school. Uh-huh. And I would go to that even though I wasn't in school <laughs> just to pray with a bunch of brandos Whoa. before like their school would start.
1: Yeah. So
0: I don't know who invented see you at the pole, but no. it is, I think that is like a good image of what evangelical faith is. Cause it, they would circle around the American flag.
1: Yeah. Actually, this is, I just got a memory that I've, Experienced that too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was before school started. If you wanted, because you couldn't do prayer in school, exactly, you would be
0: persecuted. To,
1: yeah, exactly, exactly. The victim <laughs> complex thing. It, that was part of white evangelical racism, a little bit, like like just kind of like um, hypocritical victimhood in evangelicalism, yeah. where it's like at once they want to seem like persecuted, victimized by mass culture mm-hmm. and by whatever. And then at the same time like very like victim blaming and mm. like pointing the finger like, oh well if you can afford this, it's God's will. Like Katrina yeah. happened and it's God's will. Like you're not a victim, it's like actually part of this plan that you should die because just because it happened almost yeah. like hating. And Katrina
0: people thought was because people of New Orleans worship the devil.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or like, overtly sexual or something. Yeah. Which We're,
0: is anti-black because yeah. it's, like, the population, the people who died.
1: Yeah, and, and totally. It's just anti-black. Mm-hmm. And the real victims of America are, like, the people who lived here before it was colonized, yes. too. Like, not evangelical, white evangelicals. Yes.
0: And why evangelicalism <laughs> popped off to begin with was, like... To make a justification first for colonialism and then second, like, for slavery and ongoing right. and, shit. Until it's today. always, like, morphing into explanation for other violences. Yeah. And that's why the faith is powerful, because it relies on misinterpretation of the Bible. And also, it is, like, a biblical faith. They take the Bible really literally, but I really believe most evangelicals don't read the Bible at all. mm um, or they just read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. They definitely don't read the Old Testament. Mm. Um,
1: they probably just more or less listen to someone else explain the Bible. Exactly.
0: So it's totally misinterpreted. Yeah. And yeah. Not. It's not. It's recognized. not the greatest interpretation. Yeah, no. <laughs> no.
1: yeah. That makes sense.
0: Especially when you think about the marketplace, because there's like the whole thing in the Bible about. When the temple became a market, Jesus like flipped the tables. Yeah. But in my church growing up, there was a gift shop
1: because it right. was like an
0: evangelical mega church and they sold like CDs and books. It's and essentially stuff. just a
1: business exactly. under the guise of a religion. Yeah. In a lot of instances, in you do Exactly. Yeah. Which is kind of rad. Makes me want to start a church sometimes. I know. I'm, like, could I need God to be a church instead it of an LLC? Be. It should be. I think so.
0: Catholics are going to hell. Catholics are going to hell.
1: (laughs) Thank you for listening to our free half-hour episode. To listen to the next half, you could join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash I Need God. And we'd just like to give a little prayer for those who've pledged at our angel tier or above. Um, If everyone could just close their eyes and send a little prayer to Elvis, Vasquez, Allison White... Carson Reeves, Colin G., Jenna, and Tyler Hill.